Welcome to Square in the Circle, the podcast where I chat to creative business owners about how they balance the art and the business. For episode 26, we're continuing the collaboration with the Creative Collective. Some of you may or may not know that myself and voiceover artist Martin Wiskin run the Creative Collective, which is a networking group for creative businesses. In 2023, and as an addition to the main group, we've launched a peer-to-peer mastermind group. This conversation was so uplifting and motivating to the people in the room, we wanted to release it as a podcast in order for other people to hopefully get some value from the session. So in this group, we have Andrew from YesEO, Felicia Vass from Parker Boots Photography, business videographer Alex Durham, voiceover artist Simon Wells, Michael Colton from Black Lab Music, and another voiceover artist, Sean Anthony. Welcome, everybody, to session two of uh, the Creative Collective peer-to-peer support group. We're going to go straight into the first question. Um, And this, uh, we need to give credit to Michael, Michael Colton, for this subject, who um, he popped this question in the WhatsApp group. Um, And I thought, well, this is going to be perfect two days before um, this chat here. So, um, Michael, if you can remember it, if you can't, I can, so it's fine. But can you remember the question? And do you want to ask it again? I can indeed. Um, in the the current environment of rising interest rates, rise, rising energy costs, rising inflation, and the decrease in disposable income that everybody has, including businesses, how are you planning to either grow or just maintain your business? Perfect. Um, who wants to go first? Sean, off you go, mate. Um, well, yeah, it was um, it was literally on the uh, the tail of your uh, question, Michael. Um, that the day before, I was talking to a client about um, they're currently in Norway at the moment, but they're they're looking to expand outside of the um, uh, outside into uh, into the UK and and other areas, and it, it came up as one of my thoughts as well is if I can help them grow, then they will use me more for more of their work. So it's kind of, yeah, it was an idea of helping your clients grow, might be able to help you grow, and then they've already got their client base as well. Yeah, kind of building on on both a little bit, obviously you needing to kind of, yes, help the, the client grow. But what I'm doing is doing a kind of reverse <laughs> in the background in the sense of I'm building my business on the freelance model, um in the case of having project by project having set people that work with me so i'm actually spreading my network into a large group of people so for example i know that um me and ben and martin will be working on school projects and then i've got story or logo i'm then going to make events packages i've then got my hospitality team so i'm actually making lots of teams of people um, for certain projects for me to kind of branch out, which means they get to work with me more, which then makes it easier for them to refer me when they need backup. Um, so it's kind of actually making sure that I'm giving out enough work um, to my f- freelance collaborators and friends um, to be able to then allow them to see me in working practice as well if they ever need backup. So that's kind of one model. Um, and uh, Andrew, should we go to you next? Yeah, it, it, along the lines of what Alex says, my business works in a very similar model. We're a, a merry gang of uh, anarcho freelancers. 
And one of the things I've, I've identified over the years is that by, by working with people like that, I guess one of the things you were saying, Alex, is a chance to show your work, sort of show how, how good you are. But I'll just share that for the last couple of years, I've been doing pro bono work. Um, there's a charity network in Suffolk called Suffolk Pro, pro Help, where consultants, creators, whoever can do pro bono work and you you only ever have to commit as much as you want but through that I was just thinking have I got work from it yeah I definitely have mm. it's also given me the opportunity to work on projects which often require very little really um but it's helped raise visibility I mean I've without wishing to sound like I'm as old as Methuselah but I have been in business 23 years this is about the fifth recession I've, I've been through now and generally raising availability and finding opportunities to, to show people your worth are, are one of the things that, that help the most. So just kind of agreeing with you really there, I just thought I'd throw in the, the pro bono things. It's been, it's been a good experience. But the other thing that I've identified this time is trying, trying to simplify what I offer in the minds of potential clients, which is a challenge in SEO because it's complex as as hell we have to have seven eight touch points with a potential client before working for them mm. so what i'm doing for this recession is productizing in the same way that you mentioned alex but cr creating a product that's a very simple proposition that will run alongside the business but just because I, I can get more reach and get more people's eyes on that product without having to talk to them for two hours to explain what it is talking about productizing um which i never knew was a word but i do now um in that um trying to um define what i do in a way that client understands it and almost compartmentalize it um one of the things with with composing music is that the the payment process for music is incredibly ad hoc and slow um, in that it requires some anonymous person that you have never met before to actually fill out a form. Um, and then that eventually works its way through the process. And two years later, you may get paid for it. So you may get paid, you may not, you never know when it when it is coming. So trying to flatten the peaks and the troughs of, of payment by, we talked about last time about diversification and we had the debate around, well, hold on a second, everyone says niche, 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 and I'm talking about diversifying. And that's more about um, skills and products that I have that I can sell in music that actually don't, that actually pay now on completion of the job, as opposed to in two years time when, you, when you've composed the music. So things like audio restoration or vocal production or instrument tuning or whatever it may be, mixing work, post-production work, all of that is stuff that I do normally, but actually I've never producted it. I've never made it into a product to deliberately sell. It's always been through relationship that I've done that sort of work. So very much moving into that. And and I was reminded of, of um, five laws um, that, uh, I, I sort of started to live by and, and sort of got embedded into my into my values um, and ethics, which all come into this period. Um, and, and just very quickly sharing them with you, that it was that the law of value, which is your worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment. And that's about being gracious, a positive experience and providing an experience that defies the amount paid for it. So, you know, that is the law of value. 
the law of compensation, your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. So it's focusing on the two people of the volumetrics, but actually how well you do it. The law of influence determined how abundantly you place other people's interests first. And I think Alex and, and um, Andrew, you were talking about, about that earlier. The law of authenticity, the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. So be yourself, be genuine, don't pretend, don't act it. But also the law of receptivity, the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. And it was applying those values through just reminding myself of those values uh, and those sort of five, six laws of how I want to do business that translates into that sort of practical activity with my clients for it. And that brings them back in those sort of repeat customers and things. So very much focusing on the, the customer experience effectively um, for it um, uh, and revisiting that strategy as I bring in further a broader base of products to be able to offer because most people know me as Michael well he composes music well actually Michael does a whole load of other things as well with audio um, and it's just articulating that in a way that people understand it to be able to to sell love those five laws um i love andrew laws and i love those five laws mm -hmm. so there we go um thank you michael as always um very sage very sage advice um you're absolutely the most uh uh the one with the most wisdom in the room i reckon no 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 i'm definitely not i'm just the one that's done far more corporate meetings than everybody else <laughs> he's the one who's really good at remembering lines verbatim from books he's read yes <laughs> no no I, I write them you can't see it on the podcast but i write them down on my ipad <laughs> um oh there we go what's andrew got so is this our is our rules of engagement that i couldn't use for any publicity because when i proofed it i misspelled my own company name on it <laughs> Um, just, just to say that, that's, that's anyone who comes into the office, this is who we are, this is what I we can, do. Now, I can brilliant. connect you with plenty of copywriters, mate. <laughs> I'm a copywriter, <laughs> that's the annoying thing. <laughs> um, just before we go to Flea, um, do you want to read those out? Hmm. Yeah, sure. Uh, so, rules of engagement say it's, it's a little old, but... Uh, the idea is if the phone rings, if somebody happens, this is by, by the desk, everyone, everyone has it. Number one, let the other person do most of the talking. Listen to understand, not to respond. I think that's probably the most important one. Try honestly to put yourself in other people's place during a conversation. What do they want? How can we add the wow? Be a terrific listener. Encourage others to talk about themselves. Learn what people love. What do they enjoy talking about? And do your research. And the great thing about that is that everybody in this room, to be honest, anybody in business or anybody in life, just having general conversations, so is about listening more, I suppose, isn't it? That's that's the big, that's the big takeaway there. Thank you, Andrew. Lee, let's come to you. We haven't heard from you yet properly. Hello, um, Hello what are you everybody. Doing over the next year to uh, to to thrive. <clears throat> Yeah, that's my that's my word for this year is thrive. I'm just sort of I don't know. I'm just sort of ploughing on really from things I set up last year. So, I mean, usually in this sort of situation, my instinct would be to cut back on everything, and I think that may be for a lot of people 
And that's certainly what I did in the pandemic. It's like, right, freeze everything, cut everything, you know, and that's sort of what I did. But it wasn't good because then I had to sort of completely restart my business again, um, which was, you know, it's quite painful to do that. Um, so this time, yeah, I just feel like I'm perhaps slightly burying my head in the sand. Like I think you said, Ben, <laughs> it's just pretending nothing's happening here. Um but I've, you know, I've joined networking groups. I've, I'm going to carry on paying for those and and going to them and trying to. One thing I want to try and do is utilize them more because some of my groups really offer a lot of stuff. But it's whether you, you know, schedule it in, pencil it in, and actually make the most of it. So they might have all different things, like they might have a book club or a business book club, or one of them does this thing called one two three on a Monday where you can go and have three one to ones back to back. That's only. Uh, networking and that's a really good relaxed thing that I've actually got some value from um so I don't know what I'm doing to change it really I'm sort of plowing on as I was um so carrying on investing um and thinking how I can grow um but I think what Alex was saying about product I I am thinking about the teaching side a lot more and about creating those packages and those products uh, for something that I can sell and reuse and sell again and again um, and teaching is something I love as well. Um, and br this branching off into the well-being side is starting to gain traction and getting some sort of positive feedback about it. So, um, and I've been to a little bit of sort of local networking again, which has been a really good thing actually, because they might be, you know, good clients for, for other aspects like the teaching courses and things like that. So, and they're very interested in what I've got to offer. So that's been really nice. And actually having that support locally, I think, is quite nice as well. Even though you're all wonderful, you know, it's nice to have people on your doorstep as well, I think. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if I've got any sort of words of wisdom like Michael, but but I'm definitely plowing on and wanting to grow and like still investing and and keeping going, really. It's not words of wisdom, but I can recommend the book. The Go-Giver is a fantastic storybook um, of only about 80, 90 pages, Martin. It's not very thick, is it? But it's a story, uh, and it's a story about sales and business and, and what have you, and out of it becomes these um, these six laws um, in it that, that are talked about, and um, it's, um, it's, it's something that I have found to live by, uh, without doubt. It's, I wouldn't quite say it's on par with the Bible, but, you know, if you're not into reading business or self-help books, that type of thing, or you just don't have time for much reading, it's a perfect entry level, I think. Um, I think it's very easy to read. Like Michael said, it's a story, so it's not a lot of jargon. It's just, you know, a nice tale. Maybe we should do a future, se a future session should be the best books, not just business books, because I find that the best books always have overlaps to everything in your life anyway. Yeah, a good book, it, it just changes so many so many things or the way you think about things, which, you know, as we all do, we spend a lot of hours on the business and in work. So mm. anything outside of that is going to have overlaps, isn't it? Excellent. Right, so I think, yeah, if we go to Simon and then um, we'll, we'll wrap up, not wrap up, but we'll then go to Martin. So I came in just after you asked the question. I've kind of picked up the theme, but can you just reiterate the question? Absolutely, yes. So it's in the uh, Michael put the question in the WhatsApp group about how are how we as business owners or um, how our business 
is going to um, survive and thrive in the next 12 to 18 months with everything that's going on. Okay, fine. Um, a wing and a prayer. <laughs> <laughs> Sim simple as that. Simple um, as that. <laughs> <laughs> um, by virtue of doing doing the things that I'm already doing that are working, changing some of the things that I'm doing that aren't working, um, I think I need to take a leaf out of um, Flea's book and, and get back into networking. Actually, I used to I used to do a lot of work, a, a lot of networking, and possibly too much. and And I spent so much of my time doing it that I wasn't actually having any time to do any work. Mm. So I cut out the networking, and then lo and behold, the amount of work reduced, almost as if there's a correlation between the two. And and I haven't found that balance where I'm I'm comfortable spending my time doing the networking and making the connections and meeting the people and then actually doing the work. I always fluctuate from one extreme to the other, to the other, to the other. And um, I, I, yeah, I, I want to get back into that. Apart from anything, it's really nice to see people. You know, mm -hmm. I've, I've found a few local groups around my neck of the woods in Surrey um, where we actually go and meet people in real life and network. And it's, it's great and it's invigorating and it's good for the soul. And it, you know it, it can generate business duh so uh i want to get back into doing that but at the right measure so that it's not too much not too little and so on um i think i think that's really and i'm sorry you were just about to carry on so i'll, I'll come back to you in one second but i think that's absolutely something i've found not just with networking but any kind of marketing any kind of business development you plow yourself into it and then you get work and then you're doing project work if there's just one of you in the business. Mm. And because you're doing lots of project work, you're not marketing, you're not doing business development. Mm -hmm. So, and Michael, I think it was Michael that said earlier, you know, you the I think the holy grail for being freelance is flattening the curve, essentially, of yeah. the peaks and troughs. Yeah. Yeah. But it's so difficult to do that because project work takes a lot of time and marketing takes a lot of time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Alex, you raised your hand for those who are listening in who can't see that. <laughs> Yeah, I was just going to jump in with the whole networking thing. I think everyone's really struggled to find that balance. But I, I got really lucky with the networking groups I'm on. They all happen to fall on the same week of the fortnight. So I basically allocated, so I do like a fortnightly thing. Mm. So I've allocated that week to, obviously I'll attempt to fit in project work within the networking if necessary. Mm. Um, but I will then fit in um, meetings, one-to-ones, um lunches because everyone loves a lunch mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah got a thumbs up from martin love that um and um and just kind of do that and then make sure that week is dedicated to those meetings that take up the kind of the time but then the other week is purely project based so then there's no other meetings unless it's a potential client meeting yeah. um but i will attempt to put the client meetings in that so it's kind of like a business development week as well as networking as well as marketing as well as replying to people and then the other week is project purely project work so there's no other kind of meeting so that's nice. what I'm after February that's what I'm falling into oh no I was gonna say I'm just doing something similar as well because as, as time goes on you you realize it could be all a bit scattered so I'm sort of trying to do networking and say one-to-ones for example on say Tuesdays and Wednesdays because that's when they tend to fall for me so that sort of that concentrates it a bit and makes it easier for me to think of so you can be in that zone and then 
fit your work around it if you can. It doesn't always work that way, but but it's quite good to know that, that they're your sort of social days or whatever. So, yeah, I, I agree. It's quite a good idea to do that. I was, um, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and the chap on it, it started at the start of the year. Um, three weeks, basically three weeks on, where there's pretty much no days off. Um, you know, there was no nine till five or anything like that. But then the fourth week in the month, totally off. So three and one, essentially. So you're just cramming everything in, knowing that you've got a whole week to That's recover. Nice. Um, so, yeah, and obviously like it's only that. now. Yeah, the thing is, I like I, I like the, I, and Alex, I totally agree with you and uh, about that way to work. For me personally, it just doesn't, I don't have the confidence to do that. For, for the simple reason, if I did that and I was having a business development week and a call came in and they could only do that week, I would take the job. And it would it would ruin the whole week, obviously, because that was business development. But I would be thinking in the back of my mind, well, you know, whether it's a busy month or a quiet month, you just never know, do you? Mm. So I just think it's in an ideal world, it'd be amazing, wouldn't it? But um, so, so that's yeah. that's yeah. why the two week thing works in the mm. sense of you plan it so it's a development week. But if you end up with a job in that week. If you haven't got anything booked in the next week, you can then swap the days around. So that's why I work on a fortnightly okay. basis. Yes. You tend to get the space to be able to then adjust things. So the idea is always to place it yeah. like that. So yeah. basically, when I future book clients, it will be off of the networking week and um, business development. But realistically, to be honest, it, it will only be three days within that week that will be fully packed with meetings and stuff, mm-hmm. um, which are the three. For me, it's a Monday, Wednesday and Friday of that week. And the Tuesday and Thursday are normally the days of like, uh, <laughs> um, what am I doing? But it's, yeah, sometimes that you always have to take that job that comes in. And of course, we're constantly scheduling all of these fantastically precisely scheduled and neatly slotted things in with things like the school run waiting in for the boiler repairman yes. wait looking after your elderly relatives yes. i've got a cold and can't speak for a week all of this stuff you know it's it's such an an absolutely ideal and non-existent environment to to plan those things into it's just absolutely life life happens yeah. you got a round of applause by sean there that was very yeah a silent a silent round of applause <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do um, concur with Alex, though, in that um, I've started doing a, a two weekly cycle um, a, around meetings and a, and a battle rhythm so that I know where I am with it. But I do just need to confess that uh, three hours ago, I I did arrange a one to one with Flea for, for this Friday. So now that she's outed herself saying it's Tuesdays and Wednesdays, I feel really guilty that we're now doing Friday. Sometimes working on creative projects, you've got to book in that time just to give yourself the freedom of not having the phone going or not answering the LinkedIn messages or whatever it is just to focus on the creativity. So having those, that sort of two weekly schedule allows me to book in and block out days where I'm just going to compose music. Martin, rescue us, rescue us. What are you doing in your business over the next year? Um, I'm upskilling myself. Um, So I I thought I want to make more money. So I'm going to spend money to do that. 
Um, mm. So I've I've been investing for the past year in some um, more voiceover training uh, in order to be better and to get better jobs because of that. Um, and it's paying off. Um, I've got uh, lots more repeat business because people, well, not that people were disappointed before, but there's other mm. other voiceovers out there, of course. Um, but now people are coming back more regularly. Um, so I found that that has really helped and 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 I've managed to put my prices up again this year. Um, another fifty percent, I think, nearly. My math, my wow. math might be completely off, and it might sound really expensive because of that. But, but um, yeah, it, it's it's really helped in terms of giving me the confidence that I can go out and and price myself, you know, more uh, in, at market level. Um, and yeah, so I, I just invest to to be better. I think. Mm. Key key word for me there was, and well, it's confidence. Because if you have confidence in your, in your own craft, you can take a few people saying, "Well, that's too expensive," because you, because it won't knock you. Because you know, like within yourself, that you're you're a fair. Well, it comes down to value rather than price, doesn't it? That you give enough value. Um, quick question about because I know you you've done the training. Um, what was this? Might be an impossible question to answer. What was the lag time between doing the training and seeing what you would see as the results? That's a really good question. At least months, I would say, um, because obviously I needed to get those jobs. Um, but people are finding me more now and or sorry, contacting me after listening to my stuff now. So I'm not just doing all the legwork because of that extra training. I've improved. I've done different demo reels, better jobs. People find that stuff and get in touch. Um, so it took a while, I would say six months. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to stop that training now because I know how much it's helping and keeping mm. me on my toes and on top of, you know, the, the trends and all that sort of stuff. What does, what does everybody else do in terms of training? I've worked with a coach for about three years and, um, my income doubled within six months of starting working with them. It was a. Uh... You got his or her number? <laughs> Do you know? I'd, I'd happily recommend. It's a. It's a. A guy called Nick, and um, yeah, no, it's, it's quite revolutionary. Really. I'm always happy to to recommend him. But I explain it to people as when I first started working in SEO, you made money by just like slapping at your keyboard and money fell out. Mm -hmm. Like back in 1998. And so I never learned business stuff. And I realized a few years ago that I was just going to grind myself into a pulp if I didn't find a way to make more money but work less. So that's when I met this guy. And um, it's been a really, really positive experience. Really good. Yeah. Just to clarify, that's that's a business coach and not necessarily an SEO coach because obviously you know about that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I, I coach other people in SEO. But... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anybody else found... Um training valuable or any um, uh, alex and then we'll go to michael after that one bit of training that i did that i found really helpful was actually a free uh, marketing training thing um it's the fundamentals of digital marketing on the google um uh, they've got like a whole load of stuff and basically it's a whole Marketing, digital marketing course for the basics of simple business and they go through to make the average don't just understand what on earth yeah that's it google digital garage 
Um, yeah, Fundamentals of Digital Marketing on Google Digital Garage. And it basically takes you through from A to Z on all of the stuff online. And it then gives you a little certificate at the end if you complete all of the stuff. So everyone loves a certificate. Um, and I did that. And once I completed it, I just felt so much more understanding of what on earth I was doing, which has also then caused me to know I need to outsource certain parts of it as well. So it yes, I now get it. Um, but it also makes me understand, yeah, I'm going to give that to someone else to do. Michael, um, training, over to you, sir. Well, going back to um, uh, Alex's two-weekly cycle that that, that I do, I, I actually schedule in in that two-weekly cycle period of training as well. And that can either be reading around composing and, and how studying other composers and how they do it or learning technical stuff of music production. But in my two-weekly battle rhythm, I try to actually table in there um, two to three hours of just learning uh, and improving you know doing what we do we get better at it naturally but I think you sometimes have to be honest with yourself and go you know what I could be better at this one thing and that's what I'm going to nail this week uh, the University of YouTube is great um, uh, and everything is on there around it but I, I, I wonder if anybody else uh, has done this because uh, I have which is take a job then learn out how to do it and then do the job. <laughs> Everybody's going to say yes to that. If they say no, they're lying. So, so learning the skill, having accepted that, yes, I can do that, uh, not a problem. Yeah, I'll deliver that for you by Friday. Uh, then go and learn how to do it and then deliver the job by Friday. I remember many years ago reading Richard Branson's autobiography uh, and that's how he started business, just saying yes to everybody and then learning how to do it. Um, I've done it a couple of times. It's not a regular thing uh, at all, but what it does do is really hothouse those skills very, very quickly and focuses the mind as to how actually you can deliver a professional product quickly and get those skills. And then coming back to, again, what Alex was saying about packaging those skills, you can then package them up and sell them on to other people having been effectively paid to learn how to do something. Yeah, that's, uh, that's not really great, isn't it? Um, Flea, over to you. Thanks, Michael. Well there was two points I was just going to say. Um, one was something that someone told me, um, um, an acquaintance who I've met, Fabian, and she told me about an actor friend of hers who obviously had long periods when he wasn't necessarily working. So he might have been in and out of acting jobs. But he he sort of committed to do something every day to do with his craft. So he might be learning lines or doing something or some improv and he he would do this sort of every day to keep keep the cogs going, I suppose. And I I thought that was quite a no, I quite liked that because when you do have moments of lull, if if that ever exists for you, you know, I I should and do sometimes just take my camera out and just go freestyle or just free range. And I just think that's so valuable because I don't know about other people, but sometimes my camera is because it's become my job. I don't necessarily do so much sort of looser stuff now because. My camera has become how I earn my money. So it's a bit odd. I don't know if anyone else feels like that, but um Yeah, uh, um Sean, you've got you got yeah, Anna, um, and then Martin as well. And then Sorry, uh, after you said that, Fleet, it was um yeah, it's I've just recently started, I know it's stupid, but just posting more often on TikTok, more for either giving myself messages from the past or just for the fun of it really. And it does having that little bit of fun and just sort of playing with the job it sort of then makes 
the the actual job part of it a little bit more fun as well if yeah. that makes sense it's sort of yeah it gets the the wheels going and gets everything sort of jumping again if that makes sense yeah and it, and with photography if you're doing similar things you might be using similar technical skills or so it's quite good to push the boundaries out again and try other things and different lenses and you know you could you can just get a bit spit i don't know what's the word static bit, what you're doing stale, yeah, stale. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. it Okay, so thank you, Philippe. We've got we've got seven minutes, and I don't I'm I'm aware of everybody's time on a Wednesday evening, so I don't want to uh, make us late. So if we can, we can go through the accountability. That um, so if you say what what the task was last month and whether you've done it or not. Yeah, I've got the I've got the list here of what everybody uh, said last month, so we can go through uh, in the order. Oh, perfect. We said things last month. So Andrew, first, you were going to launch a YouTube channel. Done. I'll put the link in the chat. Amazing. That's what we want. We'll, we'll, done. we'll be done. We'll be done by 8 pm if everybody is like Andrew. Perfect. Okay. Awesome. Next. Nikki isn't here, so she failed uh, by default. Um, Michael said he was going to submit a funding application. Done. Nice. Oh. This, is going, this is going really well. Come on. I'm glad my goal was a really small one as well because I would have failed otherwise. Yeah, leave um, me out. So, Flea, contact 10 prep schools by the end of January. I did. I was a little bit later than the end of January, but I did. I have done it. Nice. It, it is this group that has made me do it because I was like, shit, it's tomorrow. Or I've sworn. Have I ruined everything? Um, <laughs> but yes. So, what, what Flea's actually yeah. saying is that this afternoon she rang 10 prep schools. It was yesterday. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I did. It was really exhausting. I was like, my husband was like, God, you're a good cold caller there. Because I... I had to ring them all, have a conversation with them all and try and get out the right contact name. So now I've made a, sorry, I'm a bit long-winded, but I've made a brochure now and that's going to go out to them all. So that I have to do that next step, emailing the brochure and the details. Um, next was Simon, who said he was going to launch his website, whether it's ready or not. More or less done. That's uh, weird. I, I, met with, that. I met with my web guy last week and um, gave him the go-ahead to to go ahead and do it so any minute now awesome well done mate lovely ben you said you were going to redo two pages of the website yeah 50 percent done done one 50 percent yeah 50 percent done or 50 percent not done depending on what you know how you want to and yours was mine was to do one tiktok post in a month um never done it before yeah and i've done it so i nailed absolutely nailed that one tiktok post so if we do exactly that format, go around our one task for the month, and then Martin can make a note, and then we'll check in next month. So I'm just going to go around the screen. So, Michael, do you want to go first? By the end of February, I aim to be composing for at least 20 hours a week. Okay, perfect. That's the Thank goal. You very much. That's the goal. Lovely. Andrew? By the end of February, I will have booked 21 days annual leave to make up for the fact I had about three last year. Beautiful. <laughs> Love that. Uh, Sean? By the end of February, uh, I want to make sure that I have two uh, real scripts finished and recorded. Incredible. Alex? I want to do more cold calling. So 10 um cold calls to hospitality in canterbury and 10 cold calls to academy schools in kent incredible love that uh simon 
Uh, by the end of February, I want to have uh, started a new series. I've got an idea for for some um, content for social media stuff. Lovely. I think it's I think it's going to be good. I just need to get off my posterior and make yeah. it happen. Well, you, you've got seven people that's going to be chasing you next month. So there we okay. go. Yeah. Um, or you just can't. You can just not turn up, I suppose. Um, Flea. So by the end of February, um, I don't know if this is too big, but I want to have all my courses penciled in for the year. So I know each right. month what I'm going to be doing. So it's going to be like a schedule and an outline. Okay. Yeah. Lovely. Thank you, Faith. Martin, you got yours? Um, yes. I'm going to start my mailing list. Great. And mine is a complete cop-out, I'm afraid. I'm going to do the other page of the website. <laughs> so lovely. <laughs> I know, it's so lovely. Thanks for listening to this episode of Squaring the Circle. If you run a creative business and want to come along to the Creative Collective, I'll leave a link in the show notes. And the first three visits are totally free.